Hey everybody, this is Sean Early. Welcome to the Sean Early Podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about ChatGPT. What is it and why is it possibly one of the most disruptive pieces of technology in the last 20 years? So with that said, I'll see you in the episode. If you like this podcast, be sure to click the subscribe button. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok in order to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. Today's podcast is brought to you by Life Plus, offering home-based business opportunities, selling high-quality health, dietary, and nutritional supplements, and organic skincare products. Start your own home-based business today. To learn more, go to seanearly.com slash lifeplusbusiness. Hey everybody, it's Sean Early here. Today I'm going to be talking about ChatGPT. What is it and how could it be possibly one of the most disruptive piece of technologies since, I don't know, in the last 20 years maybe? Um, if you haven't been paying attention, it's been in all of the news for the past, I'd say, month. Uh, it launched in December and it has been kind of taking the tech world by storm. Um, a lot of people are really excited about it. A lot of people are freaking out about it. Anyway, i um, going to talk a lot about that a lot today. I'm um, going to step back a little bit and kind of just talk about it in general. First off, um, what is ChatGPT? So GPT um, is a, an AI uh, platform, I'd say, um, that was developed by a company called OpenAI. And OpenAI was uh, sort of co-founded by Elon Musk. It's funded by Microsoft. It's been around for quite some time. And they have a platform called GPT. And GPT stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. Uh, it's basically the first... Uh, well, I'd say it's you know it's been through a lot of iterations. Currently, it's at GPT three point five, and um, it's an AI platform that's being used for lots of lots of things. Uh, in December, they came out with Chat GPT, which is a sort of a chat interface that allows you to talk to GPT. And it's not just like what what we're used to AI chat bots or whatever, like you know people's Facebook Messenger or whatever, where you you text to them and say something and it gives you a multiple choice, pick one, two, or three kind of answers. Um, it's nothing like this. This is basically, um, you know, it's, it's an iterative conversation that talks kind of like a human would. And it basically has as much knowledge as would, would be out there on the internet. So, um, you know, it, it gives an iterative conversation. So you can ask it something, it gives you an answer. And based on that answer, you can ask it other questions and it gives you a, it has a conversation with you. Um, you can use it to write code. You can use it to uh, create documents. You can use it to create uh, apps and games. Um, and, you know, it, it has currently it's in beta. So it has about the, uh, the it, it's getting its information from um, the internet as it was in 2021. From what I understand, it's not supposed to at least be connected to the modern web. So all its information is supposed to be a couple years old. But basically, you know, you can, for example, I've been using it to create reports on certain topics, especially topics where I'm not even sure what I want to say yet in the report. I'm just saying a topic such as 
as this. It would be what, you know, write a report about chat GPT. I would go in there and I would say, um, can you please write uh, a, an outline for a report on chat GPT? And if I, if I wanted to add any other bullet points, like, you know, the business cases or, or whatever, I would add it in there and say, using the following bullet points and please add bullet points as you see fit or whatever. I can also say, can you please write it in the style of my favorite writer or can you use more of a, a fun tone or a more serious tone? And you can add all these different sort of instructions and hit enter and it, it gives you a very concise, very well-written outline of a report. And I basically use that and I go through and I say, okay, can you write chapter one introduction using the following bullet points? And it spits out four, five, six, maybe 10 at the most paragraphs of very well-written um, text that, it, you know, it's not a hundred percent amazing, but you know, it's, it's good enough that I can use it as a rough draft to formulate my ideas and go in there and change it around. And just, you can have this iterative conversation with it until you're basically done with the entire report chapter by chapter. And it gives you a great outline for a book or a report or whatever. And, um, people are using it for all kinds of things. People use it to write, uh, if you're a guitar player, if you're familiar with, uh, the tube screamer distortion pedals, uh, it's basically a, it's a it's an effects pedal that a guitar player uses. It plugs his guitar cord into it, and then it runs into his amp, and you step on it, and it gives you that distorted rock sound. Anyway, uh, a, a developer basically talked to Jet GPT and said, you know, do you know what a distortion pedal is? You know what a tube screamer distortion pedal is? Blah blah blah. Can you write me code for a plugin for my music recording software that is a tube screamer? And it basically started writing code and. It didn't do it 100%. He, the guy had to go in and change some things, but for the most part, it did about 80% of the work to help this guy build a plug-in for his recording software. It sounded like a tube screamer. Um, that's kind of low-level stuff. And higher level, in December, um, we just read a report that they used ChatGPT to take the bar exam for lawyers. And it actually, um, some sections of it, it passed in a couple sections, it came within a 60 percentile range based on what your average person would say. So it basically almost passed the bar exam. Now, interestingly enough, GPT 3.5 is where we're at now. And GPT 3.5 has what? It has 175 billion parameters. And a parameter is basically kind of like a, it's an instruction. So it's a if then, then this kind of function to help it come up with this logic. So 175 billion currently parameters. GPT-4, which is coming out sometime this year, they say, will have 100 trillion parameters. And they basically think that with that amount of parameters, it will pass the bar exam. That's how I, I want to say intelligent, but intuitive. I don't know the word yet for this, but that's what this thing can do. So that is pretty crazy. Um, I recently actually just, just before I did this podcast, um, I talked to, uh, an immigration lawyer and, uh, I interviewed him on a different podcast, um, about his thoughts about that. And, um, he was pretty amazed by it. I mean, his input was obviously that, you know, if it did pass the bar exam, um, you know, it would, it would prove that it had the competency to analyze the amount of data that you need to have to be a lawyer. 
Um, his thoughts were, you know, it wouldn't have that human effect to be able to, you know, come up with these very, you know, complicated problems that lawyers handle. So there is that sort of human factor that couldn't be duplicated, at least yet. But they are actually using ChatGPT in courts of law as test case to see what they come up with. So we're, we're kind of at this point now where um, we're not we're not playing around anymore. This thing is really being used for all kinds of purposes. Um, and as a result, um, Google basically freaked out. They had a all hands on meeting. So they say to try to figure out what to do about this, because um, as I've been using this thing, this thing is in beta. It's not even uh, it's not even a, a, a product that they sell yet. So it's a free beta access to use it. And I've been basically using it for to to search for research for topics that at least aren't current, you know, at least didn't happen in the last year or so. But any kind of topic that's been around for the past few years, um, I've been using it for that. So this thing could potentially just replace search as we know it. Um, you know, if if you use Google to search for a topic, Google will come up with a page full of search results and you kind of have to dig through these results and kind of figure out what information on there is relevant to you. Some things like, you know, mathematical equations, it gives you the answer. But for the most part, it gives you, you know, a page full of stuff that you kind of have to dig deeper on. But ChatGPT will basically just give you the answer and it'll give you the answer in as fluid a way as you want, as, 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 um, as detailed as you want or as humorous as you want or uh, responded in different voices of your famous celebrities, um, it can do a lot more and it provides a lot more value. Now, the thing is, ChatGPT isn't always correct. It does come up with with things that aren't correct. Um, sometimes it repeats itself on certain things, so it isn't 100%, obviously. But I'd say it's it's 80% of the way to being completely useful for so many different things when it comes to text. Now, you may be familiar, um, I didn't quite go into it deep enough yet, but there are these sort of these AI image generating programs um, such as MidJourney and Dolly. Um, there's a mid journey is really cool. It basically, it's a, it's a discord, um, server. Um, I don't know if it's a, I don't know the word plugin connection where you go into the discord server and you use it to, to generate artwork. Um, for people who aren't familiar with that as well, you basically just go and you write these prompts that just say, make me, uh, in my case, I said, use a, make a Victorian tree house and a giant oak tree. Um, in the style of, you know, such and such artists, um, hyper detailed cinematic lighting, leaves blowing, creepy vampires, um, lots of headroom, put it in a nine sixteen ratio and it spit out this amazing, beautiful piece of artwork. It spits out four variations and then you can decide, okay, do I want to make different variations on whichever selection I want, or if, do I want to upscale it? So it, hyper details that image and puts it in high resolution and um ai art's kind of exploding right now it's all over the place um, a lot of art platforms are having big sort of um the problems um ethical problems with it because a lot of people are just creating ai art and posting it to their art programs or art platforms 
And the actual artists are complaining because AI is basically just scrolling the internet to grab their style and creating art that looks like their stuff. And so, you know, it's the same with ChatGPT. It's basically scrolling the internet to come up with certain style or certain information that was always created and it creates its version of it. So um, while the stuff isn't stolen pixel by pixel or word by word, it is a variation of some other piece of work. So, you know, the original creators are concerned about this, obviously, especially the artists. Because um, a lot of this artwork is also being used just by by agencies who need to create quick texts to create social media posts. Um, ChatGPT can write social media posts in whatever style you want about whatever topic. It can write blog posts. Like I said, it can write reports. Um, you know, it can write. It can help with legal documents. Um, the same with the AI art, basically. You can create AI art that looks in the style of whatever. You know, you can use it for your social media posts, for your business. Um, you can create just beautiful art to print out. Um, there's a whole lot of people that are claiming it's their art when it's obvious it's AI art. Um, and some of these art platforms are actually complaining um, because while artists are sort of protesting against this AI art, some of the art platforms are actually offering this sort of AI art stuff on their website, the generating programs, because they obviously know there's a business case behind it. You know, there's traffic, there's SEO, there's all kinds of reasons people go there and, and crank out art. Um, I have a, I use a distribution service for the music that I create called Discord and Discord has an AI art generating program in their service to create album art. Um, you know, it's, it's being used for business now. It's, it's being used, uh, probably I'm, I'm trying to think of the statistics. I just did a presentation recently, um, trying to find the data here. So it said, uh, Forrester, they did a, they did a survey and they predict that in 2023, which is this year now, 10% of fortune 500 enterprises will generate content with AI tools. They said, according to some reports, they estimate by between 2026 and 2030, as much as 90 to 99% of online content could be synthetically generated by artificial intelligence. So within the next five years, we're going to be going from 10% to 99 possibly percent of content being AI generated. And that sounds amazing and hard to believe, but if you actually play with some of these programs and see how useful it is, you will just jump right in. Um, it's so intuitive. It's so easy to create content and it's so easy to just ideate, you know, just to come up with ideas to help you think clear or formulate your, your thought process. Um, same with visuals, the same with code. Uh, Microsoft is using this stuff. Um, it, it's, uh, again, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's taking over, it's, it's at a new state now where it's no longer just ex experimenting. It's, it's really transitioning to a mainstream. And when, you know, I, I usually use this, it's kind of like the iPhone case where when the iPhone first came out and you talked about it, a lot of people didn't know about it. But then all of a sudden everybody had it and everybody's grandma had it and everybody's grandma was on social media. And once the grandmas on social media start talking about ChatGPT, which they're paying attention now, you know this thing is made mainstream. So... Um, we're really reaching a pretty, pretty interesting point. Um, I'm trying to think of some more data here. Um, you know, uh, 
let's think about the amount of jobs that could be, let's just think about the economic impact of stuff like this. Um, if 90 to 90% of the content being created out there is going to be AI generated, um, you know, let's think of a job, you know, not just thinking about artists and people who write copy. Let's just think about customer service. Um, you know, I, here's some stats. So in, as of 2022, there were about, um, let me, wrong, wrong slide here. I got so many notes. Let me think, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Did I, I deleted those notes. Let me find some other notes. Let me find something interesting here. So let's, let's think about social media in general. Let's think about all those people who do social media for business, social media marketers, um, businesses that create social media, businesses that have people hired to do social media, all these agencies. So, you know, if, if the average social media user in 2022 is consuming 147 minutes per day of social media content, you know, that means that the average person is seeing somewhere between 4,000 and 10,000 ads per day, just walking around in daily life on the phones, whatever. That's a, that seems like a lot, but it's, it's crazy, you know, and because of that, that's sort of the attention span that marketing people kind of adhere to. That's sort of the, the norm that they, they use. So the recommendation is, you know, a business should be writing at least one blog post per week, minimum of two to four posts per week, ideal. Um, they should be making at least one social media post per day. Three posts per day are ideal. Um, you know, and in 2020-23, you know, they're saying 10% of that content is being created by, you know, AI to do that. But if we have AI that can bang something out in seconds, and this thing is fast, like it doesn't take a while to render this stuff out. It Like literally you type it, this in and it bangs it out instantaneously, um, as fast as the cursor can move, it, it spits it out. Um, just think of how much content is going to be out there in the next couple of years and how much content is going to be AI and how many people who are content creators are going to basically not have any work. Um, this is basically going to turn a lot of industries into... Um, it, it's either going to render them irrelevant because the AI can do it faster and better, or it's going to turn everybody into not being so much a creator point of view. They're going to be sort of conductors. Um, you know, you're going to have to be a manager for lots of various AI pieces. You're going to have to guide it and come up with the solutions. But still, the amount of content that can be created so quickly, um, it's, it's inevitable that there will be huge economic, huge industry-wide upheaval in the next five years because of this stuff, because it, it's, it's at the point now where the answers aren't just like, I, I remember, I, I'm sort of rambling here, I'm just train of thought, um, but I remember whew, three years ago, I was listening to someone, Joanna Penn, she writes, uh, she has a blog, or not a blog, a, a podcast where she talks quite a bit about writing and writing for business and stuff. She interviews a lot of writers, authors, and she, a couple years ago, was really already writing about some of these AI writing tools. And back then, they were sort of invite only. There was, you know, it was kind of hard to get access to it, but she was already experimenting with it. And she was getting pretty decent results. She used 
used it to actually write a couple of her books. So that was a couple years ago. And from what I could get from the, the quality of what you were getting back then, um, it was pretty poor in comparison to what chat GPT can do right now. Um, this thing is, is light years beyond what we were doing a couple years ago. And so, um, it's like I said, it's no longer at a point now where we're in the experimental phase. People are actually utilizing this stuff and building whole business models around just selling prompts to use in AI to get the right results, whether it's artwork or writing, um, or code, um, there's a whole industry around prompts already. Um, so we're, we're at a very interesting crossroads here. And I think we're just at the very, very tip of the iceberg in terms of what's about to happen in the next five to 10 years. You know, a lot of people talk about the metaverse. A lot of people talk about web three, you know, this stuff is, is developing. It's interesting to pay attention to, but it hasn't really quite played out yet. Um, and it hasn't really gotten to a point where every single person in the world needs it or is going to be using it. It's still going to take some time, but AI has crossed that point as of December. I think December 2022 was really the pivotal time for AI. Um, I don't know. Mark that on your calendar for memory's sake. You can, we can talk about it in a couple of years and see if I'm right. But I really think this is, this is something new and amazing and scary. Um, you know, if it's already taking the bar exam. I can't imagine what it's going to be doing in a couple of years. And the thing to think about also is, is that right now ChatGPT is just for text and code. Um, it could be a couple of years from now, but once this becomes multimodal, which means you can use it to, you can use the interface basically to create different types of media, you know, whether it's video, whether it's audio, whether it's um, images, whether it's, you know, fully assembled documentation in, in book form or PDF form or, or whatever you have. Um, that's definitely the next step. I mean, obviously it won't be coming out with GPT 4.0, but, um, I can see that coming very soon in the next few years. And once we get to that point, I mean, you can talk to this thing and it's going to create whatever, whatever media that you want. And I think the next step is obviously music creation and film. These will be the next biggies to come, but those interest industries will be transformed very quickly. Um, they're already being transformed, but this is next couple of years is going to be really amazing. So anyway, I, uh, you know, I'm just kind of riffing on my thoughts here. I don't have any sort of solid summaries. Um, you know, AI is, uh, you know, one thing, and it's amazing. Two, it's it's a massive um, server power munching monster. Um, you know, this thing. Microsoft is paying a hundred thousand bucks per day to keep this thing running in beta. So you know, they're going to have to crack. You're going to have to close the gates and charge for this eventually. But I could really see. You know, everybody, just as much as we pay for internet, just as much as we pay for Netflix, as much as we pay for our cell phone bill, we're going to be paying for an AI bill. I can see it right now. It's just, it's going to be, it's either going to be tapped into the services and baked into the services, or it's just going to be an extra. I mean, Microsoft is a major funder for ChatGPT, and they're already talking about baking that into Office. So, you know, you can expect in the next couple of years, it's going to be baked into Word, it's going to be baked into PowerPoint, it's going to be baked into your email stuff to help you write. So we're going to be using AI-assisted 
content creation very soon, just baked into the stuff we use. Um, I mentioned sustainability. I mean, this thing just eats up power. Um, so, you know, this is going to be, uh, you know, it's not going to be, everybody's not going to have their own AI platform, you know, on their phone. We're going to be using the big, the big GAFA, you know, Google, Amazon, Facebook, you know, Meta, all these people, that's probably where we're going to be. Uh, they're going to own this stuff because the only people that can afford the massive server farms and the massive amount of power that it, it takes to run this kind of stuff in the cloud. Um, another thing to think about here is, you know, we are, we're facing a pretty serious global recession. If we're not already in one, you know, it's coming. So they say, um, the tech industry in the last year has laid off massive layoffs. Just recently, Amazon announced 18,000 sort of, uh, management level, layoffs, which means, you know, 18,000 sort of executive management thinker type people are out of a job and they're probably looking for something to do to make business, which means they're going to be using AI to create stuff. Um, Snap just laid off 20% of its workforce, Twitter 50%. Obviously that was a different situation. Um, Salesforce 10%, Meta laid off 11,000. Um, 13% of its workforce, massive tech layoffs in the last year. And I assume more is coming. Um, so, you know, the world is becoming a challenging place with a lot of desperate people who are looking for a lot of easy solutions to make businesses out of. And if, you know, one, if artificial intelligence is going to remove all of these low level jobs, then what are people going to do? Um, two, artificial intelligence is probably going to make room for a lot of new jobs utilizing it. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting sort of transformative couple of years in the tech industry as we adjust to this. And, you know, I think it's not something where you can just avoid it. And I don't think it's, you know, there's another article I read trying to wrap this up, but there's another article I read where somebody's talking about, you know, whether this should be uh, banned in schools because, you know, kids are just using this stuff to write reports and things. Um, and I think we're at a point now where, where AI and ch things like chat GPT, they're basically going to be kind of the modern day calculator. It's like something we will have to use to integrate into our, our processes, whether it's our business, whether it's our life, education, whatever, but we're going to have to be utilizing stuff. We're going to have to work in parallel with this stuff. So we give it the human responses that come from our brains. And we also use AI to help us formulate things a lot clearer and faster, but, um, we're not going to avoid this stuff. It's, it's here to stay. Um, so buckle up. It's going to be a very interesting couple of years. Um, I'm going to wrap this up cause I keep babbling. But anyway, this is Sean Early, the Sean Early Podcast. As always, um, feel free to give me a follow on all your favorite social media channels. Give me a like, give me a comment, um, give me a follow on all the podcasting platforms. It helps me to grow my rankings, um, whatever artificial intelligence is munching that data and helping. If it helps, then you're helping there. Um, I promise I won't be writing. I won't be doing any AI podcasts with me. Maybe I will. I, I don't know. I haven't tried it yet, but I hope I won't have to do any AI podcast. I don't replace myself with AI and just bang out podcasts yet. I have been using it to write liner notes and I actually used it in my previous podcast to come up with interview question ideas. So I'm already using it for podcasting. So this is just really integrating in all kinds of interesting ways. 
Anyway, babble over. This is Sean Early, the Sean Early Podcast. I will talk to you soon. Bye. If you like this podcast, don't forget to click the subscribe button to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. This podcast has been brought to you by the Robot Spaceship Podcast Network. For more info and other great podcast series, go to robotspaceship.com and subscribe.